Welcome to the Current and Cast podcast. This isn't the same old political or review podcast. Instead, this podcast is about current events, sports, technology, life, and yes, whiskey. So pour yourself a good drink or just imagine yourself doing so and join us. I'm Chad Easty in Lubbock and in Nashville, Tennessee. He's Matt Martin, and it's time for another episode of Current and Cast. Matt, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. Yeah, how are things yeah. in Nashville, Tennessee? Well, they're good. We uh, we ordered more chicks for our chickens, so we're gonna be All right. we're gonna be going from I think eleven, well, uh, nine and three roosters, maybe eight and three roosters, whatever it is we have. I can't keep track of all that. And I think we're going to be adding 15 more females. So wow. 15. So we already have more eggs than we need. We're, we're about to over double it. Uh, so so does that mean we're like, we're going to sell like current and cask eggs? Maybe. And, Maybe. Uh, do you want to do that? Hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm up for some, uh, seeing some cash come in this direction. Yeah, I think we can do that. I think so. I think uh, we we can we can set something up. Maybe we do uh, something like that. I think that would help. Sure, of course. Uh, so so you've got eleven chickens now. You're gonna get fifteen uh, female chicks, right? And you're just you're gonna have eggs for days. That's our, that's basically what you're gonna have. Our kids are so excited to have the little cheapy chip chips chicks running around. Really? Cheap 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 cheap. Yeah, because they can hold them. And they love to yeah. be held, whereas when they get older, you try to grab a chicken and they run away and they don't want to be held. That's true. They don't like That's that. That's true. So Well, see, we don't have any chickens still. Like I was Well, if you if I, you I need know. chickens. Yeah, you got chicks? <laughs> it's a little bit far away, but we'll find a way to get you a couple. Yeah, sure. it's, uh, if nothing uh, else, we can get you some eggs that we can incubate, and we'll see what happens. Maybe you'll have better luck I, than us. I don't know if we'll ever have chickens. Uh, like I was told, we were going to have chickens, but I, I don't know if we ever will have chickens. You know why? Uh, I think it's, it's, it's because y'all are chickens. It's, more, it's it's more likely that we'll have a uh, Chick Fil A built out here than, uh, than 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 chickens. But, okay, let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have your donkey yet? No, we don't have a donkey. Oh. Yeah. Well, see, that's I thought you'd have the donkey first. I know we're running behind on a lot of things that we uh we said we were going to we were going to get. Like like uh my wife is still uh you know, she she still wants to have bees oh, yeah. uh, everywhere. Yeah, you should get some bees. Yeah, so she wants to do the bees thing. Um and so I I don't know when that's okay. going to happen. I got I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. season. Yeah. Oh well, I I can answer that because we've looked into. I would bees. think we're not there now. yet. Not quite. No, okay. But yeah, like April or so is when I think they ship bees out. So if you're wanting to get some shipments or go pick oh. some up and bring them back, it's I yeah. think it's about April. Uh, and then they do it I think again in May. But once you get in the really hot season, that's kind of over. Yeah. I mean, it really anytime. Like well, for early Lubbock, you spring, know that means you know you can make that happen. Yeah, you, you know what that means for Lubbock. We've got about a two-week window between, oh, this feels pretty good outside, and oh my God, it's hot. Yeah, I mean, it's Why not, is it so hot? The, it's not a bee problem. It's just whether you can pick them up and, and get them. Um, and you know what okay. I'm saying? I mean, it's just they have 
seasons and dates and stuff. We looked into it and it's uh, it's pretty complicated. Yeah, my wife has been looking into it. I think she's going to go to a B class at some point. I don't know. I'm not sure what they call it, but uh, I'm, I'm letting her handle all that because uh, as I've said before here on this podcast, I am not going to deal with the bees. Uh, yeah, I don't believe you. I think you're going to end up being the only one dealing with bees. I'm not going to do uh, either. Either we will either uh, it's going to be uh, just my wife, uh, maybe her brother uh, will get involved with the bees or nobody will be involved with the bees. And we will just have stacks of honey uh, all over the place. All right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Because, again, I'm not going to get stung. And my wife tries to convince me that the bees won't sting you, which, okay, then why do you spray them? Why do you why do you put on a nice little suit to go in there and steal their uh, steal their honey? Yeah, because they sting you. They do sting you. That's they why. don't. They really don't want you to they steal their honey. You. They really don't want you to. So, yeah. Uh, yeah I, so me, no, I'm I'm going to stay away from it. I I, I believe though, uh, as you know, we have kittens. Uh, we just have like cats, herds of cats. Because right, they got to get uh, the that rats. are popping up. Well, here's uh. Here's what's happened. Uh, apparently, the 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 mom kitty that uh, that gave birth to uh, the kittens that we have now, yeah, like eight hundred. Uh, she's oh, she's a little fat. No, she's she's, uh, pr- she's prego again. Yeah, she went missing for a while, and and everyone was like, oh, we don't see the the you know the the, the cat anymore. And I'm like, oh, I know what this means. And then she all <laughs> of a sudden appeared, and I'm like, ah, uh-huh, here we go. And uh, my wife saw the cat the other day, and she's like, "She's she's getting pretty big." And I'm like, "Yeah, that that's she's uh, she's about to have some little kittens, I think." Yeah. So we're well, gonna have to find somebody to take some cats. Well, it's not gonna be us because my wife's highly no. allergic, but um, yeah, but not us. I'm allergic to them too, but when they're running around outside, it's fine. You know, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as they don't get in the house, I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, so do you want to, you want me to do, it's kind of like a little, uh, just surprise segment I'm going to throw on you here. Okay. Um, some of the new bourbons that have popped up that are hard to find that I've seen come oh. through the store in the last couple of weeks. Cause you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we get bourbons in and they never make it to the storefront. I'm not going to tell you which ones did and which ones didn't. I'm just going to tell you what I've seen come through so that you can okay. start looking for them. All right. So today, and I, I will say that these came in today, 1792 single barrel, 1792 barrel proof, and a 1792 12-year popped in. I've never even seen a 1792 12-year, but we only got two bottles of it, and we're a pretty big liquor store, so it's probably a hard one to find. But if you yeah. really like 1792... Uh, you might want to get your eyes out on that. Elijah Craig. Yeah, be on the lookout. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof came in a couple weeks ago. Batch A124. The 24 stands for um, year 2024. And A, they do an A, B, and C each year. The A1 came out. And so right now is the time to be finding that if you're looking for it. And then the last one that I've seen, and, and we actually still have a few out on the shelf. They put them out for a lot of money. Um, Jack Daniels 10 and 12 years have been 
uh, we've, we've seen those recently. So those are some of the harder to find ones that you may want to, you know, especially specs, you know how they do it. They throw it all out there in the glass case. You go check and boom, you found the one you were looking for, pay pretty much MSRP. It's a great place to check, you know, on a regular basis. Those may be some of the ones you're looking for. All right. All right, so be on the lookout for that. What are we uh, What are we drinking tonight, Matt? Tonight we're drinking some Eagle Rare. Now, I know we've done this once in the past, but I had to delete that episode for oh, copyright reasons. And, um, Uh-oh. Well, so we, we're we, didn't, revisiting. we didn't break any rules or laws or anything. Nobody told us we had to stop. We did it out of an abundance of caution. Yes. But, um, yes. But, yes, we, so we are drinking... Eagle Rare, once again, 10-year. Oh, a ten don't year. twist my arm. Oh, no. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> In my opinion, one of the... Um, uh, if you, you can normally find this one if you can find it. That's the hard part. But if you can find it, it's normally within a reasonable price. Although, when me and you went around in Lubbock, when we saw some prices, they weren't very reasonable. Yeah, and I, this is why I wanted to revisit Eagle Rare tonight, Matt, it is because uh, I, there are a few, if you follow us, I, I follow a few Berman accounts uh, on, on, on my personal uh, Twitter or X account, at ChatHT Radio, also at Current and Cask uh, on, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and one of them is Burb Your Enthusiasm, uh, which is kind of fun to uh, to follow that account. And uh, it, it, that's someone who posts all, just a lot of pictures of prices uh, that they find. And Eagle Rare, I, I've been like, they've been tweeting out prices where I've seen it everywhere from $25 to 150 Wow. Which is crazy. Oh, 20, just absolutely crazy. 25 is a fantastic price, but I think that's less than MSRP. That might even be less than cost. I think it was twenty five. It may have been like it oh, may have been thirty. It would not. It may have been thirty. It would not blow my. Oh my goodness, Chad. So I just saw one, and okay. Let me tell you, this one came out. Okay, the the release date was back in twenty twenty three. This one came out, and I've been looking for it because I've found it, and I have very very much wanted to get my hands on one because it's one of the best whiskeys I've had that had a little bit of smoke but also had the bourbon kind of flavors and everything. And I'm, I'm seeing that they put out a batch three that I haven't seen yet, which makes me a little unhappy. Buzzard Roost Cigar Rye. Now, this is my one that got away. It was on the shelf. I was going to buy it. Nobody seemed to be looking for it, so I let it sit there, and, and I went to go buy it, and they had sold it the day before. Oh. Been sitting on the shelf for months. Anyway, that's my one that got away. And I know it sounds weird, but I'm telling you, this thing was like a diamond in the rough. It was one I would have never bought, but I got a taste test of it, and I was like, I have to have it. Yeah. Sorry. I, that was a that was a um, squirrel moment there. I've, yeah, I've it got, happens. I've got some uh, articles up. You know, you sent me a, a whiskey article, and, and some other articles started kind of flying around in front of me, and it was like, oh, my goodness, that's the one I've been looking for. You used to do that on the show uh, I know, a lot. I know it happens. Sorry. Yeah, we would. I would be talking about uh -huh. a, a, a big story, and then all of a sudden, squirrel, and yeah. uh, Matt would find something, 
that had nothing to do with the political stuff we were talking about. It would just be well, about whiskey or something. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, but normally whiskey. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was one of those where I thought you had a problem. Uh, I might have a problem. I don't know. <laughs> to, uh, by the way, uh, the, the topic on uh, Friday's edition of the show, the running topic, things mm-hmm. that you collect for you, it, it would. And we're going to get to this in a little bit in depth. You kind of collect whiskey. You drink it, kinda. but you do kind of I mean, collect it, too. I, I have a lot of bottles. I'll put it that way. You have a lot of bottles, you're, but you are, you're not a true collector. You're just, uh, you, you acquire. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you acquire a lot. I do. I do. And yeah. I, way more than I probably have my fair share. Ah, it's all good. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, got so yeah, some, Eagle... I got some bottles for free this week and I, I kind of told you the stories. I don't know that I should get into all that on the air, but yeah, yeah I, uh, I have, People, they're like, uh, so you like whiskey? Here, take a bottle. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I don't complain. Uh, so, yeah, we're drinking the the Eagle Rare Bourbon 10-year, which, again, uh, you can usually, you know, it, if it's supposed to be uh, priced right around $30 or so. It's not crazy to see it at around $40. It would be insane to see it over $100 but you do yeah, uh, in some places. So, Matt, cheers to you. Cheers. There, oh, there we go. And uh, cheers to you. And uh, we, will, we will get to uh, our review, our revisiting of Eagle Rare and Is It Worth It uh, t- uh, type of review. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, here on the uh, podcast, we do... Combine the uh, talk of whiskey with current events and sports and technology, everyday life. But I wanted to start off with a uh, story because Matt gets on a soapbox uh, sometimes when I bring this stuff up. The Wall Street Journal actually has a piece out. I think it came out today. Yes, it did. Uh, It came out today. The craze for, quote, dusty liquor. Collectors are flocking to pay thousands of dollars for a rare bottle of vintage spirits or even a modern imitation of one. And the story starts off for dusty hunters, collectors of rare and discounted or discontinued models of vintage spirits. The COVID-19 pandemic changed everything. Quote, it's unicorn season. Collector and bar owner Pablo Moix joked when I phoned him up early in the pandemic, back when we could still laugh at things, dealers uh, you didn't know existed came out of the woodwork private collectors who had lost their jobs and no choice but to turn rare bottles of bourbon into cash, liquor stores and distributors with nothing to do for months, use the time to organize warehouses and back rooms, and boom, they forgot about those dusty bottles that suddenly appeared. Which, Matt, I think you could see how that would maybe happen in some yeah. liquor stores, right? Yeah. Where I, some I've... bottles were just, oh, oh, look. I, we had that happen at our store, and uh, did did I tell you what I found? And I didn't buy it, uh. and I, I kind of kicked myself for not getting it. But they found a twenty fourteen, um, like uh, the the high level, like uh, I don't remember the exact name of, it, but like the masters distiller, kind of according to uh, which which brand you go to. It's it's their higher end single barrel four roses. 
Wow. I looked online after uh, someone else bought it for $89, $90. And the only one I could find was $2,000. Wow. The exact same bottle. Um, and That's we, crazy. We had another one that was a 2017, um, 2017 Four Roses that I didn't even look up because I probably would have beaten my head against the wall. <laughs> so, uh, but, but both of these we put out and they were just, uh, they had been sitting up. Somebody asked for them. The owner of the store put them up in, on his shelf. And then he told me to go clean out the shelf and they were just sitting there. They'd been there since 2014, Chad. Wow. That's so crazy. Yes, that is how that happens. This, uh, this article, uh, goes on to uh, say many great bars are forced to whittle down their massive collections by selling bottles to go. On a rainy March 20th, 2020, Jack Rose Dining Saloon, uh, or Saloon, excuse me, in Washington, D.C., which is a place I want to go to, began offering up 2,700 bottles to masked customers who lined up socially distant six feet apart. By midday, the line had wrapped all the way around the corner. Despite the tragedy of the early days of COVID, people seemed to find comfort in taking their minds off of it by trying to score bottles of obscure Willett family estate or maybe a 15-year-old Japanese tribute export from Wild Turkey worth $2,500. The article goes on, and it talks about how everyone, during it really kicked off during COVID, that everyone was buying and selling. And that's where the, I guess, the, the whiskey rush uh, on some of the uh, some of the older stuff and some of the uh, harder to find bottles really got going. Yeah. No. They said the uh, McAllen cast strength they've seen uh, at prices as high as ten thousand dollars. Yeah, there's some ridiculous numbers happening there. Yeah, but people uh, the people were selling it and people were selling it at that price in order to keep working or keep, you know, basically uh, keep food on the table. Yeah. Well, but and- uh, it just, it, it talks about how, uh, and, and again, this is over at the wall street journal. You can, uh, you can go and read it uh, if you'd like to, uh, but it just talks about uh, the, uh, I guess the art of buying and selling and people who are collecting and just have all of these expensive bottles in, uh, at, at home. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you. So, the, the problem that I have is a collector versus a drinker. I understand that people, a lot of drinkers want to have an extra bottle in case they run out and they, they have to have that backup bottle. And I understand that there's people who, um, you know, they buy it, but it's a special bottle and they want to hold on to it for a while. But someday they, they've got at least some longing to jump in there and find out what it tastes like. Yeah. But it drives me crazy that we have actual collectors that don't drink. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, sooner or later, and I I hate to say this, but sooner or later, the bottom is going to fall out of the whiskey industry. And it's actually going to be one of the best things that can happen for those who drink whiskey because it's not going to fall out for those who drink whiskey. It's going to fall out for those who are collecting it and hoping to make a return on an investment. Because yeah. people are going to stop paying ridiculous amounts of money. But we had a guy, and I, I um, we have a guy that, that comes and buys stuff at our store. And he was showing me his collection. And, I, I mean, jaw-dropping things from 
up to 10, 15, 20 years ago that he's been collecting and he's been collecting hard to find Jack Daniels stuff. He's got, um, I was telling you he had, um, blood oath, pretty much the whole collection. And he, I mean, he was showing me pictures of things that would make people drool. (laughs) And he said that he's never going to touch a drop of it. In fact, he told me that he's going to die with every single one of those bottles sealed. And once he's dead, his kids can figure out what to do with them. But that they are his museum. He loves his bottles. He is not going to drink them. And I'm like, what the heck is the point? I don't get it. Those things drive me nuts, Chad. Because, I mean, like you said, I'm a half collector. I've got a lot of bottles. And I, I'm never going to turn one down. And I've, there's a lot of them that I'm looking for that I would love to have. But I have intentions of drinking every single thing that I buy. Oh, absolutely. That's a big difference. Yeah, that is, uh, that is a little bit crazy. Yeah. But there are a That's lot of crazy the- people out there. I mean, if you buy... Uh, what was it, the McAllen or whatever that was over $2 million that, that we talked about a couple, three, five weeks ago, whatever it was, you know, the highest yeah. selling ever. It was millions yeah. of dollars that it sold for in an auction. You're not going to drink that because there's no right. whiskey worth millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Not for drinking anyway. No, that's true. Uh, I mean, it would. I would try to... Uh, like you would what, be disappointed. When would you break that open? I don't know, but you would be disappointed. It wouldn't matter. You would be so disappointed in the taste of it, you wouldn't care at that point. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, because nothing would live up to that kind of hype. Yeah. But, yeah, there's my... You're right. I, I did get on a rant there. Yeah, well, it, it's, you know, it, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it happens. Uh, you know, it, but it's, uh, so this is, uh, this, this, uh, piece from the wall street journal, it's actually going to be a part of the, uh, I guess included in a larger, uh, book that's coming out, okay. uh, in, uh, in March in March called, uh, dusty booze in search of vintage spirits. So Matt, you may want to put that on your, uh, on your reading list are when, they gonna, uh, when that comes out. Are they going to tell me how to find it at reasonable prices? Uh, they'll probably just say good luck. Oh, uh, well, yeah. On that one, the, it'll probably just be a, uh, yeah, good luck, uh, have fun, and uh, best of, uh, best of, best of luck on that. Yeah. <laughs> that is what they'll probably tell you, uh, when it comes to, uh, when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to find it at uh, reasonable prices. But I do think it's coming down. I mean, overall, oh, I is. see prices on a lot of the stuff. I, I think it's coming down and, you know, hopefully in another year or so, it'll really come down more. Well, it is for some people. Um, I'm seeing a lot of what I guess you would call boutique distilleries starting out there that are trying to get their own started. And they're coming out and they're starting with like $100, $100 bottles of whiskey. I don't see how they're going to make it. Because, yeah. you know, when you come out and you're trying to bring people over to give to try something if i see a bottle for a hundred dollars that i've heard great things about and and i know a little bit about the company and it's been around and you know all of those things then yeah i might jump out and spend a hundred dollars 
But if it's yeah. something I've never heard of that only the guy at the liquor store says, oh, yeah, they brought it in, I tried it, or even I don't know anything about it or whatever, that's something you're not going to jump in at $100, $150 for. We had a, uh, right. we had a couple that brought one in, and the whiskey's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It's very good. But their starting price is $150, and their high end was $250 for a bottle. And we brought it in, but I'm like, look, why are we bringing this in? It's not going to sell for those prices. It's good whiskey. It really is. But when you start looking at those prices, I mean, at what point do you say, yeah, that's that's just too much? Yeah, well, it. Uh, <laughs> I guess I, I, you know, it's 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 uh, it's something where I think if you're starting uh, at above a hundred, that's probably going to be too much. Yeah. Well, and for then, a lot of people, these they, they did it. So they hired um, apparently a well-known master distiller, but most people aren't going to be like, oh, which master distiller put that together? Right. I mean, they're never going to know that. So my thoughts are, I don't care who you hired. I don't care what farm you're from. I don't care about the roots. You have no name. You're not something everyone's looking for, and you're trying to become a $150 bourbon. You're not going to make it. Yeah. Anyway, that's my opinion, though. Yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very, very true. Hey, uh, Google... In the world of AI, which is going to you know take over the world at some point, uh, Google has paused their quote absurdly woke Gemini AI chatbot and its image tool after backlash over historically inaccurate pictures. Matt, yeah, uh, Google said Thursday that it would pause well, were the they throwing, Gemini like, chat nudity or something. Chad, no, no, they were just kind of getting the. Uh, historical race wrong on uh, on a few things. The uh, chatbot's image generation tool, after it was widely panned for creating, quote, diverse images that were not historically or factually accurate, such as black Vikings, female popes, which... Female Matt, popes? how many female popes? Yeah, how many female popes have there been? One. Uh, Native Americans uh, that were... Uh, that were uh, uh, among the founding fathers, and uh, also George Washington as a black man. Yeah, well, that just wasn't true. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen a lot of pictures of George Washington. They they use him all the time as someone who owned slaves. Uh, and I don't think George Washington was black. I mean, I just had to say. I don't think he was. Uh, examples, according to the New York Post, also included an AI image of a black man who appeared to represent George Washington, complete with a white powder wig and the Continental Army uniform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also included Oops. a Southeast Asian woman dressed in uh, dressed as the Pope, uh, even though all 266 popes have been white men. Well, there now Wikipedia and other places have a legend of a Pope Joan, of a female oh, wow. that was a uh, that was uh, Pope for well, two years. With, that being said, they 
vehemently deny it over at Vatican City. Well, then I guess he wasn't a pope. Yeah, well, you know. Just because Wikipedia says it, Matt, doesn't I'm, mean I'm it's true. I'm not saying just Wikipedia. It's it's like uh, even uh, Britannica and other places, they have this Pope Joan. And like I said, it's it's a, a legend, which doesn't make it true. But it's it's a possibility that there was one female Pope. I'm I've never saying. heard this legend. You'll, I've never look, heard this. I hadn't either until recently. And I'm like, I don't know how true it is, but it's Why would it's they interesting. do that? Why would they? Why would they just like include a two-week woman as a pope? Uh, it was two years, I think. Oh, I, I think years. it was for two years, and according to legend, uh, she reigned as pope for two years during the Middle Ages. And I guess they didn't know it was a female. I don't know. Wow, a tranny pope? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, oh it says, no! Uh oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Boy. Um, uh, uh, it is now widely, she's now widely considered fictional, but at the time people really believed that, uh, she had become Pope and it's a legend. Okay, so see, no, 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 no. Was just, you got to understand that the, the, it was an effeminate looking man. That's what, that's, no, that's I what the Pope was. I don't know. I kind of think that maybe the Catholic church is trying to hide the fact that they had a female Pope. I what do you think they, I mean, come on, that's, that would be a little hard to hide. I don't know. I well, not in the Middle Ages. Sure, it would at the Vatican. I don't know. I mean, if if they, I mean, are they going around like picking up their dresses and stuff and showing everybody what they got underneath? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what they do there. I sh- <laughs> I've never, I've never been a pope, so I don't know, Matt. I don't uh... know what they do, but. I'm pretty sure they would not have had a, uh, like, how, how'd one get in here? I don't think they would. I don't think that would have happened. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what see other people how, believe. We'll how see are what, we going to see? Uh, other people may believe that uh, she did exist. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I don't okay. know. All I right. am not a, histor- a historian of popes. If, I'm just saying. If, if you're Catholic, if you're Catholic. And, uh, which uh, I'm going to assume that the, uh, I'm not Catholic. You're not Catholic. Uh, and so I'm going to assume Catholics would know more about the, uh, the, the history of the Pope. So, if you ever think there was a female Pope, uh, email us caskerspod at gmail.com. So according to the legend, when they found out, she was believes a, in the legend, uh, when they found out she was a female, they had her killed. Oh No. Yeah, and uh, then they very found another pope. woman. Well, because she wasn't supposed to become a pope, you know. Female. Well, just take the ring away. Uh, no, they're not going to do that in the Middle Ages. I mean, Chad. come on, man. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the Middle Ages. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Th- I'm not. You know, I'm not I'm trying to offend here. But I mean, come on. Like they wake up one day, they're like, wait a minute. You're not an effeminate-looking man, Pope. You're a woman. Well, how do we get rid of this woman, Pope? I mean, we could just take the ring away from her. She won't be a Pope anymore. Uh, Now let's kill her. I don't know if it's that easy. I don't know. Anyway, no, do a little research on that. Get back to me. I I don't know if I want to go down the rabbit hole of the female (laughs) Pope, and I don't know where it will lead me, Matt. Uh, uh, Who knows where that will lead you? 
Yeah, I know. Um, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna ask AI. I'm gonna ask AI <laughs> Gemini. Uh, show me a picture of the first female pope. Yeah, you know you should do that, and it, it'll yeah. it'll probably end up being um, a black it'll man. Probably look like Hillary. It'll probably be like. It'll probably be Hillary Clinton talking about breaking the glass pope ceiling. <laughs> uh, awful. Yeah. She's absolutely awful. She's Methodist, I think. Mm. Dang squirrels. Yeah, I think she's I think she's Methodist. I don't think she's Catholic. <laughs> you don't think so? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think she's Catholic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, Google had to shut down their uh, their their uh, their whole deal because uh, uh, it was not factual. Uh, in another shocking example, uncovered by The Verge, Gemini even generated diverse representations of Nazi-era German soldiers, including Asian uh, an Asian woman and a black man decked out in 1943 military garb. Now, Matt, again, I'd have to go back in the history books. And yeah. I've watched a lot of Hitler documentaries, but I don't remember black Nazis. Well, I'm trying to think. Now there were there were black men on both sides of the Civil War, if I remember correctly, that fought. Uh huh. Some of them fought because they were forced to, but yeah, you know. But but so it's possible, I guess. No, you're not going to have black Nazis, Matt. That wasn't allowed. That's what Google told me. That wasn't allowed back in uh, Nazi Germany. Kind of oh, went wow. against that whole, you know, white, blonde hair, blue-eyed uh, okay. type of German Chat, that they liked. Here's my problem. <laughs> We're now talking about a computer program that people are using to write. Uh, essentially, it's not just that one. You know, you got Chat GPT and all the others, but uh, this. Um, AI is what people are using to write history now and history papers for colleges and all that stuff. You're going to get to yeah. the point where they literally change history and have pictures of things that never happened. Here's the crazy part, okay? And and I get into all, you know, completely serious here. They're already doing it. Like they're already changing movie characters and his, you know, things that happen um uh, there, there was a movie that was released on Netflix, and I can't remember the name of it exactly. Uh, but they changed the pro. I think it was the prosecutor. Uh, they changed the prosecutor's uh, race and gender just so they could make the movie more diverse. Yeah, and and Netflix is really bad about that. So is Disney lately. Yes, and South Park has made fun of it. But I mean, so this is just a continuation of that. And this is why for all those people out there who are going, well, why does it matter if we tear down statues? Why does it matter if we get rid of our history? Because of this, you need to learn history. You need to learn about your history, our history as a nation. So that way people don't wake up one day and just go, oh yeah, uh, George Washington was a, a black woman. Yeah, I mean, which is factually inaccurate. Uh, yeah, that's by just, the way, it is. Yeah. Well, they may, but according to some on the left, entirely possible in 2024 that uh, George Washington could be, uh, you know, considered a black woman. Yeah. I I mean it's it's at this point who knows what people are going to believe in let's say even a hundred years from now. 
Oh well, twenty years from now. Well, I just I mean, mean you you have to like I'm still going to be alive then. I will be able to tell. Oh, that's BS. But you give it a right. hundred years, nobody's going to be alive that was even taught yeah. real history anymore, and so they'll be looking back and they'll be completely confused by all the different accounts that they get. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's going to be. Uh, it's in. And there's going to be a lot of problems because of it. There's going to be a lot. If you think it's bad now, there's probably going to be a lot of problems because of that. Because a a again, you you forget your history, uh, you you relive your history, and and it's it, it's uh, it's going to be a bad thing. I mean, kids uh, don't but, even and, write their own papers anymore. No, they don't. They don't. And and you know, again, we talked about. Uh, I know on last week's episode, we talked a little bit about the uh, Apple yeah, Vision the Pro. Uh-huh. Okay, well, you know, again, it's it's one of those that you uh, it's going to use AI. It's going to have a uh, so imagine you know just everything. You someone's asking you a question, and while they're asking you the question, the AI is basically answering the question that someone's asking you. Yeah, because now when you Google search something, it's an AI prompt that comes up and it answers you. So, in I mean, in theory, uh, if you have this Apple Vision Pro or whatever. Uh, in the future, and you're wearing glasses, in real time, someone will ask you a question. You'll see on your contact lens or on your glasses the answer popping up, and you're just going to go with it. Whether it's right or wrong, most people are going to go with it because, oh, well, it's AI. It can never uh, be wrong. Right. But it's been wrong a lot. Yes, it has been. And so, uh, but, but again... It's one of those where at some point in the future, it's probably going to be so good, the AI technology, that you're just going to go, okay, well, it can't be wrong. I'm just going to go with the answer that it gives me. Yeah. And then goodbye, independent thinking, goodbye to to uh, to, to all of that. It's just it, the answer is going to pop up right in front of you. Yeah. I, I can see it happening. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then uh, you're going to be giving be the, the answers that google wants you to give and and let's be honest how many people are even going to care at that point because they're going to be too lazy to find out the truth yeah yeah they'll, they'll be asking themselves uh, through their own apple glass wait what, what, what's the answer to this uh let's see half of college graduates are working to uh, working jobs that don't use their degrees uh roughly half of college graduates end up in jobs where their degrees aren't needed and that underemployment has lasting implications for the workers' earnings and career paths. The key finding part of a uh, new jo- new study tracking the career paths of more than 10 million people who entered the job market over the past decade. It suggests that the number of graduation jobs that don't make use of their skills or credentials is at 52% greater than previously thought and underscores the lasting importance of that first job after graduation. It, is it the, the first job after graduation or... Can it sometimes be the fact that we shut everything down during COVID? Let's see what happened in the last decade, Matt, uh, that people would have to change jobs and go with something that maybe wasn't on their exact career path. Maybe, I don't know, when we shut down the government and shut down businesses, that may have had uh, an impact on it. Well, I'll give you uh, a couple of things that could have caused this problem. Number one is the, the work from home thing. I mean, if you have a skill and you're, you know, do things with your hands, but you had to work from home, you're automatically out of a job, essentially. 
you get back and uh, they have a computer to take your spot or something. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um, but a, another one is the raise in in uh, minimum wage. So I, I'll just I am making more right now than I was ten years ago at a mid range job at Texas Tech University. Right. And so if you think about it now, I probably would have been making more if I would have stayed there for that 10 years. But I look back when I was working at Texas Tech University and I was on a, a kind of a mid-range scale, but I'm now making just as much, if not more, than I was back then. And so it's like what was 10 years ago minimum wage versus what is minimum wage now you you literally don't need a college degree to make 15 to 20 dollars an hour you can go no you don't you can go to a grocery store or even according to where you live you can go to uh, a lot of places and make almost 20 dollars an hour and these other places aren't keeping up they're not going to pay you okay well that guy over at the grocery store is making 17 dollars an hour so you know what we're just going to give Everybody, $18, $20, $25 an hour, just so that you're a little bit ahead of that. They're not there yet. Yeah. And so if you're working at a desk making $15 an hour with your degree, but over there at uh, the grocery store, they're willing to pay you $17, $18 an hour, and you're barely making it, you're going to go find a job that's going to give you a little bit more money. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this is also how we got to uh, the prices of a burger being as high as they are. Absolutely. Uh, is uh, we're we're going to uh, we're going to give everyone uh, fifteen dollars an hour, twenty dollars an hour. That's the minimum wage. And uh, oh yeah, how, how do we uh, how do we make money? Still, uh, we just increase the uh, the menu prices to where it's uh, it's astronomical now uh, yeah, to go out and eat. What choice did they have? Right. No, I agree. And, and, you know, you've got, uh, I, I talked about this on the uh, the radio show Friday night. Uh, Joe Biden's going to come out and blame uh, the, the corporations for greed, uh, you know, and restaurants for greed for not, uh, you know, for, for, you know, charging as much as they are charging and uh, shrinkflation and everything else. What, what choice did they have? They've got to make money. Well, if they want to stay in business and employ as many people as they do, it costs money. That's right. Well, and you look at, let's say, a grocery store and what it takes to get from point A to point C or D with your grocery store, you're paying everybody in between there to do the work to make it happen. So the farmers are making no more money. But as yeah. it goes through the processes of making it to the grocery store, it's costing you 50 to 100% more. And then getting just kind of getting back to because we there's so many places we could go on that and spend the entire uh, show on that. But get, getting back to graduates who don't use their college degree, uh, there are a lot of graduates who get Matt uh, not to not to offend anybody out there worthless degrees. They're uh, just in problem. school. They don't know what they want to do, and so they go and get an easy degree, and then they get onto the real world. And it's like. You do have skills just because of, you know, you, you you naturally have skills that, you know, will maybe lead you in a different direction. And also people's passions in life change. Yeah, you know, the, the, you might think you might go to college thinking, you know what? I want to do this. I want to be on this career path. And then five to 10 years into it, you're like, this sucks. I want to go and do something else. 
And you do have a lot of people who do that. They take a chance and they say, I'm going to go and do this over here now. Yeah. And, and like you said, you've got your theater degrees, your, uh, you know, uh, the, the degrees that take you nowhere. Creative writing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of degrees out there that honestly, they shouldn't need a degree. No, no, absolutely not. And and so you, but you, but you do have them, and uh, and then you get into the the workforce, and the workforce changes. We've seen uh, that we've seen how jobs and uh, businesses have changed uh, just in the last ten years, and it's going to continue. And AI is going to continue to reshape uh, how things are. And so, yeah, listen, it's. It's going to be something where there are going to be a lot of college grads. They're going to have to learn to adapt. And, you know, quite frankly, there are some people who don't know how to adapt. They don't know how to adapt. They don't know how to change. They don't know how to go from, you know, this, you know, this career path to a different career path. And let's also be honest. There are a lot of kids who go to college, Matt, that never should have gone to college in the first place. They, you know, they, they would have been better off doing going to a trade school or something else and guess what they're still doing pretty good they may not be using that college degree but they're doing pretty good in life if they uh, they went towards a trade absolutely especially electrician or plumber man those things are they're making big bucks right now absolutely absolutely they are uh let's see okay so i've got a couple other stories here uh just some uh travel related ones i thought this was funny you know the washington post the uh, headline here, Matt, should you clean up your hotel room for housekeeping? Making your bed doesn't help anyone, but a few other tasks can help make things easier for the overwhelmed cleaners. What do you think? What do you think? Should you clean up the room, tidy it up before I, you leave? I always tidy it up, but it's for a different reason. It's because okay. I don't want them going through my stuff and taking anything. And I've never had that happen, but there's always stories about it happening. So yeah. I don't leave stuff just hanging out. So I try to, now the bed, I might leave undone, but everything else I kind of pick up and I, I try to leave it a little, at least a little tidy because uh, let's, you're a house cleaner or a, a worker at a, a hotel and you go in to clean a room and the room is half clean anyway, you're going to take five seconds, make the bed and do whatever little thing you have to do, switch out the towels or whatever, and move on to the next one. You don't have time to start digging through suitcases and, and doing all those things. But you leave a bunch of money out on the table, it's going to be a temptation. So Yeah. And, and they don't make very much money either. No, no, <laughs> I mean, no, just they, to be they, they but, don't. But that's why I recommend to, to kind of clean up after yourself. It has nothing to do with helping them out necessarily. It has everything to do with... I, I don't want to tempt them with anything that I want to keep myself. Yeah. So um, they uh, they go through and they talk about this. Uh, they say that uh, one of the big rules, put your used towels in the bathroom. Like stack them up. Put them in a big lump there in the bathroom. And uh, the, the, that apparently the, the, the cleaners do like that when you do that. Okay. I mean, I can see where that would be make their life a little yeah. easier. Yeah, they uh, they say, uh, let's see, uh, cleaning up your trash goes a long way. Research shows that cleaning up your trash is something that actually helps housekeepers. In 2021, academics at Spain's University 
uh, time to each cleaning task and found that removing used and dirty items takes under a minute. That's around 5% of the average cleaning time, which is almost the same time as removing the linens. According to the same study, making a bed is the most labor-intensive task for housekeepers, taking four times as long as stripping off the sheets. The difference is that cleaning up trash is the only thing you can do to uh, wipe off uh, time for the cleaning crew while not inadvertently creating extra work. Well, and and here's the other thing. If, if you're going to stay there for a while and you don't want fresh sheets every night, just put up the yeah. little sign that says uh, "Do not disturb." Because I, I mean, yeah, I this don't is what want, they say. F- I don't want brand new this sheets is what every they, single uh, night. Yeah, this is what they say for that. Uh, for some guest uh, who uh, admitted he's ridden with guilt from his days as a housekeeper, flipping the "Do not disturb" sign isn't about dodging human action. "Quote: It leaves them one less room to clean." But the tactic only really works if you're the uh, type of guest who touches little more than the towels. Otherwise. Letting the mess pile up for three days can quickly turn uh, can turn a quick tidy up job into a Herculean task. During longer stays, they suggest having housekeeping come by twice for a quick refresh. Yeah, I don't care. I uh, I do the the little sign for most of the I, time. I do too. I'm 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 probably not, but it, it has. I mean, it's my personal space during that time that I'm living there. Yeah, and I don't like people going through my personal space. We had, uh, now this is the first time it ever happened to us. When we went to Las Vegas, we, uh, we put the do not disturb sign out. And I mean, we weren't in Vegas that long before they did this, but after about three days, uh, they had security knock on the door. Oh, they wanted to, do to make a sure wellness you were check. still alive. Yeah. They did a, a wellness check on it. It was like security. And I mean, like boom, 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 security wellness check. We're like, yeah, we're fine. We're good. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, number one, they know we're alive. They've got hotel, they've got cameras all over the place. So what I'm pretty sure is when we opened up the door, they did a quick little look. They did a little look-see to see if they could find anything kind of crazy going on. Yeah. After, uh, after the Mirage gun incident. Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. Was it Mandalay Bay? I thought it Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where it happened. Okay. So I'm thinking when we opened, because I kind of watched their eyes a little bit, and they were looking, you know, they they were doing the little shifty eye. Uh-huh. Uh, because, again, I mean, they you, know. You are just a They've little bit. They've got cameras all over the place. Suspicious. That's true. I am. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they. So, but I've never had anybody knock on the door before. And I've stayed places longer that uh, that I've kept the little sign out. Yeah, that but say uh, do Vegas, not disturb. Las Vegas, they're a little more. They're a little, a little on edge. They, they want to know Las what's Vegas. going on everywhere. Even if even before the shooting there at Las Vegas, they would be a little more. Um, they want to know what everybody's doing at all times. You know, they they yeah, want you I out there spending so. the money. I mean, I the whole point so. of you guess... being there is they want you spending money. Yeah, but they know. They know that we were alive and we were well. Again, they've got cameras everywhere. They're, they, they've they got, uh, you can't tell me they don't have facial recognition. They know. They know who's walking in and walking out of the rooms. If, if Macy's has facial recognition, Las Vegas has facial recognition. Uh, and again, by the way, they know when you walk in and walk out of your room. They uh, the, the door key, they know whenever that's swiped. So right. they know if you're leaving or not going in. They all of that is uh, is logged. When any hotel, by the way, uh, they, uh, they they know if you're uh, coming in and out of your room, 
because they have sensors on the doors and all of that technology routes back to their system. Yeah. I did a, I did a, a, I went down the rabbit hole on that a long time ago, uh, where they know exactly where you are all the time. They know how many times you're walking in and out of your room and, you know, for police and investigators that a lot of that really comes in handy. Uh, if they ever have to do any type of investigation, I'm okay with that. What really freaks me out though, is these Airbnbs that people find cameras in. See, I don't know if that's fake. I don't either. That's that's why I'm like, I've never. I think it's fake. I never went in and felt like things were watching me. But then you see these, and you're like, if if they're fake, Airbnb needs to sue the crap out of them for defamation. Because I I would say this um, that that's really hurting Airbnb. You want to watch me? I mean. Uh, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. I mean, if you're going to hide a camera, you're going to get an eyeful, and uh, that's on you. That's on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt, we, uh, we're we quickly coming upon uh, about 50, 50 minutes, 52 minutes or so uh, into the podcast. We've been having fun uh, here on uh, Current and oh, Gas yeah, this today. Is, this has been a great episode. What uh, what what have we been drinking today? Um, I've we've been drinking um, Eagle Rare ten years. Uh, mine is a single barrel because uh, used to they were all single barrels, but mine actually was a store pick a long time ago, and it's another one of those that they kind of found in the office that I was like, I have to buy it because it wasn't horribly expensive. <laughs> now I bought a big bottle. For 120. Now that's still a little over MSRP, but uh, I'm, that's about fifty dollars for a normal size bottle, which I think is not so bad. Um, that being said, it, it's a great drink. Um, it's to me, it's it, you can taste a little bit of the rye in there, because so you can say you know when you're drinking it, you're like that's not a weeded; it's more of a rye. Um, it's very easy to drink, very smooth. Uh, it comes in, if I remember correctly, I don't have the bottle in front of me, but I think it comes in at 90 proof, which is 45%. I'm, I'm thinking. And uh, um, Yes, that is correct. And it's, um, you know, it, it it's very, it's a little sweet, but it's not overly sweet. Yeah, you do get a little brown sugar in there. You get a little of the, the um, dark fruit kind of uh, maybe on the finish. And it's just a really good drink. I I really think that this is a $50 bourbon. If you're paying more than $50, i am not sure it's worth it, but it's it's a really good $50 one. Yeah, you know, I like it. It's uh, to, to me, it is, uh, it's something that is uh, better than Buffalo Trace. Uh, it's a, I would say it's a medium length finish. It has some sweetness to it. Uh, again, it's not overly complex. I, I think it's, it, it's not simple. But I think it's it's not complex. It's kind of somewhere there in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not gonna. You're not gonna get any burn to it. You're definitely not gonna get. For those who listened to last week's episode, um, nothing compared oh, no. uh, to uh, to what we had uh, last week at all. This one's this one is uh, a, a nice, easy drink and something that you're you should find between thirty and fifty dollars. Uh, and if you do, it's absolutely worth it for a thirty to fifty dollar bottle. Uh, if you're paying over sixty dollars uh, for it, then there's better options, in my opinion. You're, you're going to be disappointed. 
Yeah. Uh, if you're paying over $100, you're nuts. You're crazy if you pay over $100 for this. I have seen it offered for that, and there's no way uh, I would pay for that, uh, for uh, pay $100 for this model. Uh, 30 so, to 50 I'd be okay with. You, you mentioned scotch, which is what we had last time. Of course, it was a PD scotch. This is nothing like that. But um, if you are a single malt drinker that likes the light, easy-to-drink whiskeys, this would be a great start for you in bourbons because this is light, easy to drink. There's no heavy-handed flavors. Now, don't get me wrong. The flavor's there, but it's not heavy-handed. They're not, like, punching you in the face with flavor. I love it when they yeah. punch me in the face with flavor. But yeah. you're also getting yeah, a that's... very smooth, easy-to-drink kind of uh, a little bit of that buttery mouthfeel, nothing crazy, and it's just a really good, easy drink. No, absolutely. It's one uh, that I think you'll enjoy. You should, uh, if you find it out there, hopefully you will. I know uh, in in this area of the world, in this area of the country, out in Lubbock, Texas, uh, we you can find it a little bit easier than you could about a year ago. Uh, and, and, and I think it's becoming a little bit more available. And the good thing is the price is coming down yeah. on it. Now, again, if you find it for about 30 bucks, buy it because it's not going to get much cheaper than that. that no, that's, that's a your, fantastic price. That's kind of your, yeah, that's your, kind of your, your baseline there is about 30. If you see it for 40 bucks, go ahead and buy it. Uh, don't even think twice about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of Current and Cast with Chad HD and Matt Martin. Reach out to us on social media. I'm on the X at Chad HD Radio. So is Matt Martin at Matt Martin Radio. And you can email us, caskerspod at gmail.com. And I also invite you to download the Chad HD Show podcast. Enjoy life and cheers.